Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations, Episode 14, Ada Babble. There's many a lass of the scientist clan that has followed her brief in the field. She has sworn, she has cursed, been ignored and abused, but a scientist never can yield. I am Frances M. Lynch the Artistic Director of Electric Voice Theatre and you are most welcome to the 14th episode of our podcast series Women of Science and Music 30 Celebrations. You may have heard the whole of this march by Mary Maxwell Campbell on November the 19th as part of the Electric Voice Theatre celebrations for her birthday, alongside an up-to-date version of her children's travelling song, The Mole and the Bat. And birthdays are very much today's theme too, as it was on the 10th of December in 1815 that Ada Lovelace was born. Her life is now associated with the development of computer programming, despite there having been no computers around 205 years ago. So we are joined today by a contextual artist and technologist from Essex, Laura Travail, who uses computer technology alongside more traditional arts like poetry and sculpture, amongst many other things. Dr Patricia Farah, science historian and emeritus fellow of Clare College, Cambridge, explores how Laura's work fits into a long and largely unsung history of women in computing and whether Ada Lovelace should be part of that story. Their words are interwoven with extracts from two pieces of 21st century music, beginning with Something More Than Mortal, a setting by Cheryl Francis Hode of Lovelace's own words, recorded live in an electric voice theatre award-winning show at Edinburgh Fringe. I am working, I am working very hard, like the devil, in fact, I think you will be pleased. She lived in the first half of the 19th century. She was a mathematician. The particular aspect of maths that she was interested in was applying it to make computers. There weren't any computers like there are now. She had lots of close friends who were scientists, men like Michael Faraday, very famous for electricity and magnetism, and she was a very close friend of Mary Somerville, who was also a very gifted scientist and mathematician. And there was a man called Charles Babbage, who was trying to build one of the first computers. He built one called a difference engine, and then he started designing one that was really super sophisticated and complicated called the analytical engine. And that was what Ada Lovelace was working on. She was very interested in how machines could be used to solve arithmetical problems. Unlike Babbage, she had the vision and the foresight to imagine that one day it might be possible for computers to generate music and poetry. Ada Lovelace envisaging computers making music. I think if you're looking at a machine that runs on numbers, like computers being able to be programmed in human recognisable words is relatively new. A new and powerful language. 
language that she really wanted to achieve was this poetic philosophy and poetic science. And in particular, she wanted to develop a programming language, a system of instructions that would tell a machine how to operate. And it would be different from any other machine that existed at the time because the machine would take its own decisions. And that was the fundamental distinction between Charles Babbage's analytical engine and any other ordinary number-crunching machine that had been invented in the past. The brain of mine is something more than, something more than mortal. I don't think anybody's immortal. <laughs> we only immortalise the tip of the iceberg, if immortal is the word that we something want to use. Something more than, more than mortal. And there's huge debate on whether or not Ada Lovelace wrote the first computer programme. And personally, I don't think she did, but there are some people who celebrate her for that, and that's one of the reasons why she's become very famous. What she did say was that computers couldn't create. They could only produce what they'd already been programmed to do. And that's something that 20th century computer scientists, in particular Alan Turing, who was a really great inspiration behind the mathematics of computing, he said, no, that's wrong, that computers can create independently. That brain of mine, I am working very hard, is something more than mortal. The most important practical thing that she did was translate from French into English a paper about computers that had been written by Luigi Menabrea, who later went on to be the Italian Prime Minister. So the important thing is that she not only translated that paper, she also added very, very extensive notes. And it's the notes to that paper for which she's become famous. Will you give me poetical science? Will you give me poetical science? Developments that were happening in America during the 19th century were actually far more significant in terms of making computers work during the 20th century. Uh, she and Charles Babbage and their ideas had no influence whatsoever. This is all a retrospective reconstruction of their contribution. Difference engine number two. Babbage's computers didn't work on the binary system. They worked on the familiar decimal system. Will you give me poetical science? I think my relationship with computers and computers has changed a lot. The whiteboard is quiet today. So the shift from making work about technology. What is it like on the other side? To making work with technology. Do not go away and leave me alone. To making technology itself. Are you friends with the sun? This was a really wonderful project commissioned by Rochford Council. It was to illuminate a lot of the connections across the River Crouch. Here is my Asda, my swimming pool. My project was to work with the children to carry a message across the river using as many different methods as possible. Are you friends with other rivers? Protect my family from sadness and crying. On the other side are huge By shouting, statues. by writing on a big whiteboard. They were passing notes to family who knew people who knew people. Arranging their bodies into, into letters that you could see uh, across the river. To use various radio methods to get a message across and a drone. And we were even able to send a message via the International Space Station. Protect my wrist from getting broken at football. And the messages that we were communicating were lines of poetry. Are you friends with other rivers? And built for each school a device that would 
generate poetry from those fragments. Carry away sad, carry away my old, carry away books I don't need. On the other side are huge statues. around the most abstract of sciences. So the Enchantress of Numbers is what Charles Babbage wrote to Michael Faraday. I think it's probably one of my most hated quotations in the whole of the history of science because it completely takes away Ada Lovelace's mathematical ability and originality and it reverts instead to a very cliched stereotype that women are like witches, they wave their magic wand and somehow magically, without really putting their brains into it, they come up with an answer, with a solution. Significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. A jacquard loom was invented in 1801. It was basically a long chain of punched cards and it was used for instructing weaving machines how to create those very, very intricate patterns all of different colours. The jacquard loom comes from music. The jacquard loom punch cards, the paper taping computers, that comes from fairground organs, pianolas. Babbage used very similar cards for his analytical engine. It was never actually built, but that was the system that he envisaged using. Analytical Before World War II, people used mechanical calculators to do long and complex calculations. These people were mainly women, and these women were known as computers. Human. Computers. Human. Computers. Human. Scottish astronomer Wilhelmina Fleming was the first of a famous group of human computers at Harvard College Observatory in Boston. Wilhelmina Fleming was certainly one of the best that Pickering employed, and she discovered all sorts of new stars, new nebulae. She discovered something that called the Horsehead Nebula, and she was the first person to suggest that a star might be a white dwarf. So she very much deserves to be remembered. Discovered the Horsehead Nebula, 200 variable stars, and a great deal more. People doing something to then, people trying to automate it. The engine can arrange and combine its numerical quantities. Exactly, exactly, exactly. electronic computer was called Colossus and it was in Bletchley Park. It was designed to break all the codes, particularly the ones that were produced by the German Enigma machines and it had a lot of women working there. Stephanie Shirley set up a software company to employ young mothers. Stephanie Shirley was born in 1933, so she was one of the earliest women to be involved in computing. And while she was doing that, she got incredibly fed up with all the sort of sexism that was going on. 
And she eventually managed to get enough money together to organize her own company. Women's roles in technology changes and shifts. It was a software programming company. Quite often women are involved in pioneering tech. And then as stuff gets standardized, they kind of get eked out. And at first she employed 300 people and only three of them were men. You often get quite a lot of women involved, like Ada Lovelace seems to be, at the kind of R&D end of things. And then, exactly as Laura described, gradually in the software aspects of it, the programming, women gradually left, got squeezed out, couldn't take the sexist attitudes, and it became a very male-dominated world. She was a great philanthropist. She gave away £67 million of her own money. She came over with a kinder transport, and then she was brought up in England. So she said she felt so grateful that her own life had been saved that she wanted to help to save the lives of other people. So I think, I think she's a marvellous woman. We have our own spark and our own impact on the world. It's very important to have female role models, especially in a science like computing, which tends to be dominated by men. I started working as an artist and technologist actually within the tech industry itself. I think computers have gone way, way beyond anything that even Ada Lovelace envisaged. Ada Babel by Frances M. Lynch, recorded by the Electric Voice Theatre singers, sopranos Pei Chen and myself, mezzo Jenny Miller, countertenor David Shepherd, and tenor Julian Stocker. Many thanks to our speakers, Dr. Patricia Farah and Laura Travail, and a special thank you to the British Society for the History of Science, who funded this episode through their Outreach and Engagement Project grant scheme. And many thanks to you for listening. That's the end of episode 14, Ada Babble. There are many more fascinating stories and music on minervascientifica.co.uk and you can hear all of the music from the series on electricvoicetheatre.co.uk and find out more about us or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Do join us again as we continue to celebrate these incredible stories of women in science and music. Oh!